Welcome to the PS Younger Self podcast, where we talk to inspiring entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and creatives on how we can all crush our fears and optimize our lifestyle to live our most fulfilling lives, and always on our own terms. But before we get started, I want to tell you guys about Instacart. I mean, with the likelihood of staying at home a bit longer than we all want, and with the looks of how things are unfolding, getting your groceries should be something you don't have to worry about. I mean, I certainly don't want to. And with Instacart, my listeners in the US and Canada can get everything you want, hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences from your local stores, and delivered to your doorstep in as little as an hour. So you have more time for, you know, those things you actually want to do, like content creation maybe, or Zoom parties. But seriously, with Instacart, you get unlimited groceries delivered to you for one low monthly fee, which is way better than those other guys that may be adding on fees every time you use their app. So to get started with your 14-day free trial, just follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know I sent you and to support the show. On that note, if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get notified of the latest episode and drop me a review. Let me know what you honestly think. It really means a lot to me and helps me curate the most valuable content and conversations with incredible experts for you. Now let's get started. Welcome to another episode of PS Younger Self. We have an exciting conversation for you today with a very special guest who is a noted author, healer, and a spiritual leader who has devoted his life to exploring and communicating the language of the heart, primal movement, and deep inner spaces. Over the past 25 years, he has taken thousands of people on a journey from physical and emotional inertia to the freedom of ecstasy, from the chaos of our egoic mind. He is also one of the leading internationally certified guides on the Akashic Records, which is a fascinating topic of today's discussion. We will explore what it is and how it can help us discover the story of our unique soul's evolution and our karmic imprint. So please meet Ernesto Ortiz. Welcome, Ernesto. I'm very honored to have you with me on the show today. Oh, it's so, so, so kind of you to invite me, Chris. I deeply appreciate it. And it is uh, my pleasure to be able to share with you and with your listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. So I'll be honest, I knew very, I knew absolutely actually nothing of Akashic Records before um, my friend introduced me to you. Love for us to kind of start off there, Ernesto. Can you simply tell us what is the Akashic Records? And I know there is the Akashic field. So what is the difference? Mm -hmm. Yes, gladly. You know, the Akashic Records are a part of the Akashic fields or Akasha simply. Uh, this is a, a field uh, or, or, or a substance, I'm going to call it more a substance than a field, that exists everywhere in the universe. Uh, this substance has been recognized by all uh, spiritual traditions, religions from around the world as a substance that is the primordial substance that holds or glues the universe together as we have it. Uh, it has been known for hundreds and hundreds of years that this particular substance or field is accessible to us and that there are some individuals that have the mental brain capacity the, to be able to jump into or deeply connect frequency-wise with this field and enter and navigate this field past, present, and future. Uh, some individuals are some very gifted psychics, uh, like Edgar Casey, for example, uh, Nostradamus, M Madame Blavatsky, and, and, and many others like that, as well as shamans, seers, uh, visionaries. So individuals that truly have had a unique talent and ability or still have it today that can, we can say, pretty much at will be able to create a shift in his or her consciousness and enter into this extraordinary field that has unlimited, unlimited potential. So in today's world, there are a few people 
and I would say probably less than in the past because of the distractions that the world has created for us. We are living in a world that is a hundred times busier with technology and information, input and all that compared to the world that we lived or experienced one, two, three hundred, five hundred years ago. So there's a vast difference in vibratory frequencies that are traveling around the planet. And like it or not, these vibrations or these frequencies, cell phones, internet, towers, uh, Bluetooth, uh, all of these are frequencies that are present in our lives that perhaps prevents for some people to be able to synchronize to higher frequencies because of their own personal ability to pierce to or break through the frequencies that are created, man-made created, and jump into a into a frequency like the one in Akasha. However, it is not impossible to do that. You know, there's a, 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 a unique uh, uh, alignment that ne- needs to take place within the self. Then with the help of a sacred prayer, we can create that mental shift to give ourselves the, the, the ability or possibility to increase our mental vibratory frequency. And then we can then plug in into this field. And once we are in this field, then we can explore. So, wow. the, Akashic, so the Akashic fields, if I may, are this yes. big, 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 gigantic field that exists and is present everywhere in the universe. Now we have known for hundreds and hundreds of years But one of the things that I love about life today is that we have science. And science Mm -hmm. comes in to validate many, many things that we have learned from the past and to also prove certain things to be wrong. And then we can accommodate our belief system. Now, once we, we, what we have to realize is that our whole life, our whole existence is created by our belief systems and the condition of our mind. But anyway, we can explore that later. So what is this Akashic field? What is this Akasha? Well, you know, with science, uh, in 2014, there was a symposium in Milan, Italy, uh, headed by Professor uh, Irving Laszlo. And he has been studying the Akashic fields from a scientific point of view for a very, very long time. And in this symposium, there were scientists and quantum physicists, etc. And what they finally said is that they had finally discovered a substance that is present everywhere in the universe that travels at a very, very slow speed from the past to the present, and it will continue into the future. And what they call this field is the Akashic fields. Now, they called it a substance that is accessible to all of us, but accessible mainly to those individuals like the ones that I mentioned before that have a specific gifts or talents. And the function of this field, according to scientific research, which is true, is to record any output of information that any life form is giving to this field itself. So what that means is that everything is alive in the universe. So these Akashic fields are like the recording device of the whole universe. It's fascinating to think about. And so, you know, so once we access or jump into these fields, we have the possibility of move to the past, be in the present, and project to the future possibilities of what is within this field itself. So we can say that Akasha is past, present, and the possibilities of the unfoldment of future events. And in today's world, you know, some of us that are not so gifted and we are too, in a way, deluded or too much into the Maya, the illusion of the world, but we still want to have access to this type of information we do have the ability via sacred prayer that I mentioned before to enter these fields. So let's reduce it. To me, I call these fields <clears throat> the glue or the membrane, uh, the connective, not the membrane, the, the connective tissue that holds the universe together. 
So think about our human body. Our human body it has so much emptiness within it that what is holding it in place is connective tissue. So every organ, every bone, every tiny cell in our body is wrapped around by this connective tissue. If connective tissue was taken out of our human body, everything that is inside would collapse. So we can think of the same as akasha, this field that is holding everything together in the universe. And we know that the primordial quality of this field is to record information. So we can then reduce this immense field that is universal field and continues to expand as the universe expands. We can reduce that to our world, our mother earth, Gaia, Pachamama, call it whatever you want. And the earth, because it's an organism that is vibrant and alive, is giving an output of energy to these fields constantly. So then we have the earth recordings of the earth's evolution from the time of the earth's inception to the present moment. Now, that within itself is fascinating to think about. Yeah, it it is. I mean, you know, it just sounds... So mind-boggling to me because, um, you know, but if you reduce it down to the fact that you said it's like thinking of it as a recording device of the universe and of all the information um, that exists there for every soul's being. And if you think of it as, um, you know, the link between the quantum physics and human consciousness, that can help us really understand the fact that there is validity. And that's and that's why science to me is so so amazing today because you know many people need to have that scientific validation. You know, faith faith for many people is not sufficient. So we have that scientific validation. So now that we have the understanding that the world is holding a cat, you know, these memories, we can call them the akashic records of the world. So we can then reduce this information from the world of the world down to culture. And every culture as it moves through its own evolution from past to the present is creating imprints. And we can see how the karma of cert- certain cultures is so powerful and is still very much alive today. We can see some of the cultures in the Middle East, etc., that are still banging each other's heads for a piece of sand or land or whatever it may be for hundreds and hundreds of years. So there is this evolution of that karmic imprint at a cultural level from many, many years. Okay, now we can reduce it one more time from cultural Akashic records to family Akashic records. So now you have your karmic pool. These are the individuals that are your blood family that have moved with you from one life to the next, to the next, to the next. And they are now those the recordings of this family group that has moved together in the Akashic field. So that is family karma. And it's easy to see how this is coming or where this is coming from and where it's going based on the actions and behaviors of each family member, whether you are the one that is awake and your job is to liberate the rest of your family or whether the whole family is beginning to awake because now we are two, three generations into uh, a new type of consciousness and awareness. So all of that is great, but there is that family imprint that family karma. And then from family karma, we can reduce it one more time to our own individual Akashic records. So our own individual Akashic records are the recordings of our soul's evolution from the time of his soul, from the soul's inception for the present moment, to the present moment. So how mm-hmm. many lifetimes have you lived? You know, one, two, three hundred, five hundred, a thousand lifetimes or more? Well, all of that has been recorded in the Akashic fields and in your own personal book of life or Akashic memories or Akashic records. 
Wow. Okay. So thank you for breaking it down like that. You said in terms of, you know, there's a way of looking at it from a cultural karma to the karmic pull of in your family down to the individual level of your soul's imprint. Because my very basic knowledge of the Akashic Records, I thought it was just to help understand your soul's imprint. But you're saying it goes so many layers above that. Yeah, it's um, so, 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 so much bigger than that is imagine that you can open a door into the mind of God, into the mind of the divine, call it whatever you want. Okay. And how many additional doors and windows will you find in there? This goes to, uh, it's unlimited. It goes to, to eternity. It goes forever. So, yeah. you know, the Akashic records, the Akashic fields gives us the opportunity to explore that. But how, however, many people, we don't have the, the brain capacity to be able to understand something that is that big. But we can reduce it down to a point where we can easily understand it and, and then use the, 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 the Akashic fields, use the, the ability that we can create to jump into these fields to look at our own personal karma, which is really at the end of the day, is what is the most important. So to understand something that is global, it is very important because right now with this COVID-19, it's exactly what we are living. We are living a world karma. So it's not like your family just got sick with the virus, but it's the entire world that is sick with this virus. So there is an emotional imprint that we are leaving behind into the electromagnetic fields of the earth, into the Akashic fields of the earth, with the imprint of fear in this case, which is what most people are attached to when they hear about the virus and the mask and the no mask and the social distance and all of this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of this human emotion is imprinted into the Akashic records, into the Akashic fields of the earth. And that energy is one energy that will be imprinted because we do know that the Akashic fields move from past to present to the future. They move very slowly, but they do move. So this is an imprint that will be there for eternity until we can come back with consciousness, jump into the Akashic fields. And if we could do this collectively as a human race, that would be just amazing, you know, but I don't think it's possible. But jump into these fields and then say, I am not afraid anymore. I can bring peace, love, kindness, generosity, and compassion and inject this field with this energy to start changing that imprint that we're giving the world right now, which is the imprint of fear. So all of this is an opportunity, basically. This is the most magical way or means to start changing karmic patterns that we have created or our family has created, our society or the world is created in our present reality. So to me, there is truly no better tool that I have ever come across that gives me or gives us the opportunity to consciously, and that is the key word, consciously do the work that we need to do in in order to change the energetic, emotional patterns that we have created in our lives. But at a personal level, Before we get get into the personal, because um, you you said something so mind-blowing, and I think, again, it it was such a profound point that you made in terms of the world that we're living in today. Due to COVID, obviously, it it is leaving uh, um, this imprint of fear globally of this, this, our human race. So you're saying that we, as a collective, can have the power to shift our cultural imprint in the world if we can be consciously aware that we are leaving this negative, per se, imprint by thinking in fear so much. Correct. That is precisely what I said. What I said is that human emotion creates an imprint on the Akashic fields. Yes. Now, human emotion is created by something. In this case, is something physical that took place in the world that started creating something. So there is a story, and that story is what came into the mind of people, and that started creating a new condition of the mind that transformed into an emotion 
and that emotion is fear. Okay, so we have different components in there. So by having the awareness that what we are experiencing, the fear, has a source, you know, by and then by jumping into the Akashic fields, we can then bend time, so to speak, to go from the present and to the past, to go from the present to the past, and then start looking at the emotional imprint that we are leaving behind and that emotion can be changed. The story cannot be changed. That's an imprint that is that is permanent and is forever. But the emotion that is left as a result of that imprint, that can be changed. So we can jump into the Akashic fields and imagine if 10 million people, I mean, how many people are uh, 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 alive in this world? I don't know how many billion. So it'll be... Uh, beautiful to think that billions of people can sit and meditate collectively with their Akashic records open, that would be a complete and total transformation of the world itself. Because instead of going into fear, we could transform that fear into kindness, generosity, the appreciation of beauty, you know, uh, the, the cooperation between individuals, the tolerance that is needs to be that needs to have between governments and people that we can start eliminating the duality <clears throat> that exists between the yours and the mine, you know, and all of that. And we can enter into a space of truly one love, you know, uh, and the opportunity that we have to be alive, to exercise or to give life itself something that is not fear, but something that is more beautiful, you know. So when we can come into into our, the space of our life with equanimity and peace in our hearts, we can change the world. Wow. Now it makes sense, Ernesto, when um, you see these beautiful efforts of mass meditation. And yeah. I actually participated in two. One was a beautiful experience and I had no idea the deeper fundamental purpose from influencing the collective consciousness. I just thought it was being together with other people, enjoying a mass meditation. There was one I did in New York and then recently during COVID, a digital one. Um, but now it makes sense with your explanation of how all of our energetic fields is part of the Akashic Records and, and everything, our emotions have this, this imprint and we have the power collectively to shift it. Yeah. Now imagine that the organizers of these meditations knew about what I'm talking about. Imagine oh. that they were truly conscious. And uh -huh. now imagine that every participant that comes to these meditations, you know, I have seen uh, some, I have participated in, in person, physically, in meditations with hundreds of people. I have led those meditations myself. And, you know, so because I'm conscious, I'm bringing this consciousness verbally to the people that are going to sit and meditate with me because consciousness and awareness brings more power. So just yeah. imagine that you during those meditations, as well as the hundreds or thousands or millions of people that can come together, have the awareness and the consciousness that this is, in fact, what we are doing. So with consciousness, we know that we can impact the electromagnetic fields of the earth. <clears throat> and the electromagnetic fields of the earth are like string guitars that are all yeah. over the world. And if we start plucking this guitar, these strings in perfect harmony, then we can create an overall vibration around the world that brings in whatever the intention is for that particular meditation. Love, kindness, peace, whatever it may be. Oh my gosh. Ernesto, so you actually have on your site, it was a beautiful quote and I mean, you touched on it, but if you can help us deeper from the individual level, you say the most important, single most important purpose of life should be to clean your karma. So why is it important to clean our karma and how can we do that? A few years ago, I was with one of my teachers. I love, I love my teachers because, you know, for me, I continue to learn and learn and learn. So the moment I can be in the presence of one of my teachers, I go and do that. So I was with the, the Galawandrukpa, 
which is the head of the Drupa lineage of Tibetan Buddhism. And he asked me a question. He said, Ernesto, what is the ultimate goal in your life? And for me, it was very easy. For me, it was like to achieve complete and total enlightenment. I was a very, I answered that immediately. And he looked at me and smiled and he goes, okay, great. And how are you going to get there? I said, well, with my spiritual practice, my meditation, my mantras, da, 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 da. And he goes, okay, that's all good, you know, and those are tools that will help you to get to where you want to go. But the single most important aspect of your life should be to clean up all of your karma. That's all he said. And then, of course, I took it to my meditation to have the understanding. And then I understood that if I don't clean up all of my karma, I cannot get to my ultimate goal. You know, it's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. It's not that difficult to understand. So then for for me now, the, the goal of achieving complete and total enlightenment is not there anymore. My goal is to to look at all of the relationships that I have had with the world itself, with people in this world, with myself, you know, to look at uh, past lives if they they come up. Although to me, Past lives are gone. What is the most important is, is this life. And my goodness, we have enough uh, karma that we have created and created with other people and ourselves in this life that this life is sufficient for cleaning karma. So cleaning karma, and let's remember that the word karma is, is a neutral word. That is our actions that make it negative or positive. So ah. when we start reviewing you know, the actions that we have had in our lives from the time that we are babies. If we can go back and remember all of that, how were we, you know, with with other children? Were we abusive? Were we a bully? Were we we submissive and weak and, and meek? And, you know, what is the relationship that we had? And all of this, and most of this is coming from a, a way in which our past lives dictate because what we bring into one life is what we we transfer our consciousness from one life to the next so at the end of this life what is imprinted in your consciousness the fears the joys the insecurities the lack of forgiveness the fight with others all of that if you stay with that in your consciousness that is what you're going to transfer from one life to the next and then those imprints are going to start like seeds of karma, they start, you know, sprouting in the next life. And then before we know, we're acting and behaving with the same wounds and pains from the past. So by looking, you know, at our past actions and having a tool like the Akashic Workers that gives us the ability to create a shift in our mind, a shift in our consciousness to start vibrating at a higher frequency. So if right now, you are vibrating and everybody's vibrating at different frequencies based on their habits, behaviors, etc., lifestyle and all that. You know, someone that is drunk in the street right now cannot be vibrating at the same frequency that someone that is in deep meditation and connecting deeply with the divine is just a fact. So if you are capable of shifting your vibration with the use of a sacred prayer, and I will explain that in a moment, to achieve a higher level of vibration and frequency, that means that we are now plugged in to the door of Akasha. And once that door is open, we can enter or jump into this field. And once we are inside of the field, is with the consciousness that we have today, we can navigate through these fields and review any interaction or action that we have created with others if it's negative karma, if there's issues of, of lack of forgiveness, then we can go with the consciousness today to dialogue with the us back then. And that us back then can dialogue with the person that we harm and say, I'm sorry. And we neutralize the karma in this way. So to me, the Akashic workers are the most exquisite tool to clean up karma. I have been, I, I've been in a, in a spiritual life my entire life. Since I was a kid, seven, eight years old, I was already awake. So spirituality is nothing new for me. And having this 
awareness and this tool has been the most magical for me in order to review every single one of my relationships and come to a point of having complete and true and total neutrality with my relationships, the forgiving aspects, all of those things that are important for us to have or to drop the weight of negative karma that we carry within ourselves and look for what I think most people are looking for, which is the liberation, the freedom of, yes. of being able to move you know, freely in life. So people in our culture, and our society, they say, oh, I am free, I am free, you know, and I have the freedoms and I have the freedoms. Uh, yes, we do have certain amount of freedoms, but what about the conditions of the mind that cre- and the emotions that create self-imprisonment, you know, that has nothing to do with the with with external. So these are far more important than your ability to travel or go to go to a store with or without a mask. You know, these are freedoms that yeah, agree. can that can only be achieved when we look at all of our personal relationships and to eliminate the karmic imprints that we might have created with others. That is achievable. You know, it's something that I do in my life every single day that right now I am on my birthday cycle, meaning that is 30 days before my birthday, which will be uh-huh. July 21st. So Happy I always, birthday. Uh, thank you. So I always stop one be- one month before my birthday and I think about the previous 11 months. What have I done in life? What are the interactions that maybe ruffle some feathers? Maybe something negative happened. What are what is the karma that I have created in this previous eleven months that I don't want to bring with me to my next year of life? So I take this one month to start doing my spiritual practice, to enter into my Akashic Records, to do my meditation and use all of the tools that I that I have at my disposal to clean the karma that I have created in the previous 11 months, to enter my new birthday free and clear of any karma or obscuration from the past. And this is a source of personal liberation. So if you die, if, if, if you... If someone has an issue of forgiveness with someone, if you die very angry about something, okay, yes. then you're going to transfer in your consciousness those imprints into your next life. And then wow. in your next life, you're going to have to be dealing with those issues because life gives you the opportunity to look at those until you clean it. That's why we repeat patterns and we repeat relationships in the way that we do until we learn the lesson. But how can we learn the lesson if we don't go back to the root cause, the seed moment in which that imprint was created? And that is the key. By using the Akashic Records, we can travel back in time, jump into the Akashic pool and swim back in time call it whatever you want, to the moment of inception. And then if the moment of inception of anger with someone or lack of forgiveness, then what we can do is travel back in time, dialogue with that person, ask for forgiveness, and then energetically liberate ourselves from the plug or the chain that binds us to that person. And then we can move freely in our lives and our own spiritual evolution. So I also believe that, you know, our limiting beliefs are all just lessons that come into, you know, manifest into our life every day until we are conscious that they are lessons that we are supposed to learn from and evolve and grow so that we can reach our higher self. But I I, I don't believe they're lessons. You know, I don't. I, I, I I I believe they're traps. Trap. Which is quite quite opposite. Just think mm-hmm. about the old antiquated uh, beliefs that most people live with. So we inherit our beliefs from our parents. When we we're when we're children, we have no other choice because we don't have the ability to truly think for ourselves. So at the beginning of life, from the time we're inside of the womb, we're beginning to listen to the way our parents are, the way that they behave, the way they believe. So we are receiving the imprints of, uh, of beliefs from our, from our father and our mother. Well, they receive, And then, of course, our family as a whole. 
Well, they received those beliefs from their grandparents. Mm -hmm. And then they received them from their grandparents and their grandparents. So look at the world in the way it was five generations ago. Look at the way in the, the world has evolved and the conditions of the world and how much it has evolved. So what we are doing is we are inheriting belief systems that are old and, and antiquated. And quite honestly, they don't serve us anymore. So I don't see them as lessons. I see them as traps because once we have that belief, we exercise the, those beliefs in our lives that creates a, a mental imprint and between belief systems and the condition of the mind, we live our reality. So we can say that we're living our reality with all antiquated beliefs and not until we stop to look at those beliefs and we challenge those beliefs and then be able to ask ourselves a question. Is this belief system serves me in my life? If the answer is yes, great. Then cultivate that belief and make it even more beautiful and more powerful. But if the answer is no, that's an all antiquated belief, then we have to have the, the, the means and the willingness to let go of that belief. And many people go into fear and guilt and, and oh my God, you know, this is the way my parents believe. How can I possibly let go of all that, etc.? All those are challenges that surface when we recognize that there is something that has been given to us from our family dynamics that doesn't serve us anymore. And then what mm -hmm. we have to do is start thinking, what is it that, what, that I want to believe? Now, exactly. And then shift so, that mindset. Yeah. yeah. So I, I totally agree with you though, that, you know, these are antiquated beliefs that we inherit and from generation and generation. But, you know, while I was looking at it as lessons and I, and I love how you put it, that you think that it's a trap, but when we realize Ernesto that they are antiquated. They're not serving me. They're not, they're not providing any value in my growth, my evolution of being on this planet. Then you have the power in your mind to shift that mindset consciously. Correct. And then, and then that to me, I think is a lesson or maybe in your words or process of cleaning that karma. It's an opportunity. Got it. So it's not a lesson. Now it's an opportunity. Opportunity. And, and okay. the opportunity is going to give you the ability to choose. And that is the greatest gift that we have. We yes. have the freedom to choose. This is, you can be in one room, you know, not being able to, 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 to leave that room. And you have the opportunity to feel bad about yourself or to feel, okay, this is an opportunity that I have to go into deep meditation and reflect and think about whatever. Okay. So to me, this is an opportunity to be able to consciously think what is going to serve you and what is going to be for your highest good. Yes. Yes. That was an operative word. Thank you. Opportunity, not a lesson. So can we go a little bit deeper? Cause I'm fascinated and I would love to experience what it's like to tap it and you use the word jump into the Akashic records, our individual records. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that, the sacred prayer? What does it take and can, can we do it alone? Yes, of course you can do it alone, but you need someone to guide you and to teach you. Why? That's why to me it's so important to always have a teacher, a guru, if you want to call it like that. You know, there is uh, many people in today's world that have uh, they think that they have become an expert at something, you know, an expert in, in their uh, branch of spirituality or whatever, and they don't need a teacher anymore because now they are the teachers. To me, that is a trap of the ego. And uh, yes. and to me, you know, I, I am always honored to be able to to bend my knee and to be in the presence of my teacher and close my mouth and just simply sit there and learn. So you know, that, that is just something that to me is, is of great value. Anyway, uh, what we have is, or what we have received is a sacred prayer. Now, this sacred prayer comes from the Mayan tradition, and it has been translated from the Mayan language into English and Spanish and French and Italian and, uh, you know, Japanese and quite a few other languages as far as I know. And what the prayer does is, and there is a formula to use with the prayer, the prayer is like the key. 
that gives us the ability to shift our consciousness by saying the prayer with the right formula. And as we say the prayer, is as we open new dimension or, or new capacities within ourselves, within our mind, and then our mind, the vibrational frequency that is within our brain, goes up to the next level of our, of our own personal potential. And once we are up in that level, then we connect with the sacred prayer to the fields of Akasha. I call it like, like a, it's like entering an elevator that only has two buttons. The one at the bottom is the lower level, and the one on the top is the penthouse, the highest level that you can get to. So you enter that elevator, you start saying the prayer, and then you begin to go up and up and up and up and up. And once you finish with the prayer and the formula that is given to you, then you are in front of these fields. The door opens and then you, there you are. You are welcome. And how do you choose to go and navigate these fields is up to your own level of, of imagination and your own capacity to let go. So the more that we let go of the carbon self, the more we are able to awaken the crystalline nature that is within ourselves. And only crystalline nature has the capacity to plug in, to vibrate at higher frequencies. The carbon self is dense, is more connected to the reptilian brain, is what people is what keep people addicted to 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 drugs and nicotine and alcohol and all those substances that keep the individual vibrating at a lower carbon frequency. And when we start using the Akashic Records, the healing energy of the Akashic Records by jumping into this field, and if you can only increase your vibrational capacity 10%, well, that's 10% more than you had before. And if you do this every day, every week, every month, little by little, the more you're going to be shedding of this carbon self, you're going to start letting go of this nature that is within our body and you start awakening a new nature which is the crystalline nature therefore you end up with more and more and more and more capacities until you can open your mind completely and go way beyond you know the dynamics of family the dynamics of self to be able to truly plug in into the condition of the world and to feel uh, I'm talking about myself right now, to feel the pain and suffering of the world based on what is happening right now and to be able to absorb it and transmute it to the best in the best way possible because we have the the the, 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 the guidance, the help of the masters that have achieved complete and total karmic liberation and they become the lords of Akasha, the masters of Akasha, which are truly our guides that by connecting and plugging into them, we can have the realization of something that goes beyond what we see in the world today. And in this space, be able to look with clarity at everything that we do in our lives. I call this, once you open your Akashic Records, once you enter the field or jump into the field, then we go into what I call the view. And view. there are three aspects, the view, meditation, and action. The view is once you are in the Akashic Records, you can see your life as if it was a theatrical play. And there are different aspects or segments of the way that we live our lives, and each of them has a different uh, flavor. We behave differently with our family than we behave with our friends. Different than the way we, we behave with our coworkers. We different from the way that we behave with our lover or a spouse. So all of these are different compartments that need to be looked at. And when we look at each of these as a different theatrical play that make the whole, of course, then we realize that we are not only the main actor, but we are the director of that play. Mm. And in look, by looking, by having the view, you know, which is to come to the witness seat, then we can look at the view. I mean, we can look at this theatrical play and see if all of the actors and the way that we are acting within it is the way that we want it. Does it make you feel happy? Does it make you feel loving? Are there two or three individuals in this play that are toxic? And then you maybe you have now the one that, that created the script at the beginning of this life was our parents. But now we're adults. We have the opportunity to rewrite the script in relation to that 
those dynamics. So we can give the new script to those two or three people that are toxic and say, listen, I'm changing things in this theatrical play. These are your new lines. And if you cannot do these new lines, then you're fired. I'm going to let you go. And you walk away from toxic people in your life. Mm-hmm. Now, the view is also going to give you the means to realize and understand that by creating a void or a, vi- or a vacancy, you are going to be also able to attract new people that go into the position that the ones that you let go on this play and begin to act in a way that you want. So maybe you're tired of the drama of this theatrical play and you want to create a romantic comedy. Why not? You have mm-hmm. the you're the one that can do it. So now we have the clarity from the view. So we are in our Akashic Records. We're looking at the theatrical play. We have all the information that we need. Now we take it to the next level. Now the next level is also with our Akashic Records, but instead of going to to asking questions about our life, now we have the opportunity to sit in meditation. Meditation is the laboratory of the self is that most secret inner space that when we can go in there and look at, think about. Now, many people think that the goal of meditation, because that's what many people, uh, many teachers teach, is to get to the space of no mind. Well, great. Good luck getting there. However, the Buddha taught six specific types of meditation. And the number one meditation is analytical meditation. So what that means is you're going to analyze your feelings, your emotions. You're going to analyze your life. You're going to analyze what you get from the view and you bring it to meditation. So in meditation, you refine the whole process. You get to that absolute crystal clear view of what you need to do because now you are in deep inner silence in the space of the heart. And then after view and meditation, you take it to the next step, which is action. So the view and meditation are giving you the means for you to have the crystal clarity of what you want to do, the way that you want to behave, the one you want, the way you want to act, the people in your life, etc. And you're going to take it to the next step, which is action, and then create the permanent changes in your life based on what you receive from the view and meditation. Wait, one of the things that you said earlier, Ernesto, um, I want to kind of hone in on is that when you're in the view and you are now in the position of a director of this play, right? Your theatrical bay, you can identify people that are negative. I forget the word that you use, maybe having toxic energy, toxic, yes, energy in your life. So can I ask you, Ernesto, if you don't recognize that, keep these toxic energy people in your life, does that then hold you energetically and vibrationally from attracting um, more positive energy? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because you are now allowing someone's energy to enter your field and to rob you of your own. Uh, I'm sure that you have heard about energy vampires. Yes, of course. All right. I'm sure that maybe you and some of your uh, listeners have come across someone that is an energy vampire. So there's two types of energy vampires. These are entities like the nicotine entity that is robbing of your life every time you take a puff and you smoke a cigarette. And there are the physical energy vampires, which are the people. You know, so you meet someone and after 15 minutes of being with this person, you feel complete and totally depleted of your energy and your light. Well, their job is just that, is to suck your light. And if you give you, if you put yourself in a position and you allow yourself to remain in a position in which either a family member or a friend or whatever it may be, is constantly giving you toxic energy, criticizing or doing whatever, being angry at you or, you know, any negative energy that you can think of, and you don't walk away from that, well, I'm sorry, but that's pretty dumb. You know, then you have to look at your patterns of addictions and codependencies. And you can do this with the Akashic Records. You know, what is it about me that keeps me repeating the same pattern again and again and again and again? So we are not learning the lesson. 
Now, those are lessons. You know? Now, those are lessons. And, now, and those are also opportunities because with the lesson comes the opportunity to create change. And if we don't embrace the lesson and the opportunity, then we don't create change by, do- by not letting go of those individuals, including your parents. So if your parents are toxic, you know, you have to let them go. I did that. So so how, I mean, to say conceptually, I I get it in terms of the letting go. And I am actually, and I spoke about this in our last conversation with um, my guest that I don't hold on to, let's say a friendship or people in my life, if they, if the relationship is not serving one another and it's bringing this negative toxic energy because that is no longer serving me. But when we say that, like, but Vanessa, letting go of our parents, like that is, you know, there are parents, how can we just let them go? Like for me, I let them go as an opportunity. See, you have to think about yourself as, the, the one that maybe came into this family to liberate others from the, car, the negative karma that is created within that same karmic family or karmic pool. Mm-hmm. In other words, there has to be someone, and, and I guess in this case is you because and your listeners, because we're listening to this information. So, yeah. you know, what happens is that what you said to me is completely connected to guilt. You know, oh, my God, they're my yeah. parents. How can I let them go? So all that yeah. guilt, where is this coming from? You know, and that is something that needs to be explored because that guilt is also an energy that you're oozing out of your body and is tapping into other aspects of your life. So in which other aspects of your life do you also exercise guilt? You know, because it's much bigger than just my parents. However, when I was 17 years old, I went to my mom and I told her, mom, you know, I'm leaving. I was born in Mexico City. I was born to a very, very well-to-do family, lots of money, whatever. But I also saw the arguments, the greed and the negative energy. And I said, I don't want to have to do anything with that. So when I was old enough, I told my parents, I'm leaving now. I'm I'm leaving the house. And they said, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to go and create my own fortune out there somewhere in the world. My mother got very angry at me. And she said, if you leave now, I will not leave you any inheritance. I said, fine. That's okay with me. So I left. You know, I actually told her, I am divorcing you. And my mother said to me, what? Are you crazy? You cannot divorce me. And your mom. I said, I can (laughs) You know, in the same way that you divorced my father, you simply created distance. That is what I need to do. So what happens as a result of this is if you now, of course, there's going to be a certain karmic connection with your parents, you know, and with your brothers and, and people that have been close to you. And when you let them go because they are toxic, what they may do is they criticize you, they badmouth you, they send you bad energy, they tell you that, you know, that you're not grateful, blah, blah, blah. Well, that is their story. And if you allow their story to come in and take over you, then that toxic energy is going to tint you and you're not going to advance much in your own spiritual evolution. But if you detach from that, and then you start truly getting into a devotional spiritual practice. If you start letting go of the old, the pains, the wounds, the, the lack of forgiveness, the anger, the intolerance, if you start letting go of all of that, and then you start bringing in inner peace, kindness, love, compassion, joy into your life, that is what's going to be what you're going to be exhibiting or giving life. So two, three, six months later, maybe a year later, No, you are far more joyous. You don't have a frown in your face anymore. You're radiating and oozing love, etc. And the people that you let go of, they're going to be noticing this. So maybe you do come to the next Christmas or family reunion or whatever, because you're not just completely disconnecting. Then you come back and your sisters and your brothers see you. And it gets to a point in which they say to you, what is going on with you? You are different. You're more joyous, more kind, more, you don't get angry anymore. And when they say something like that, they just open the door for you to say, mom, dad, brother, sister, this is what I have been doing. 
and I love you and I don't have any more issues with you, I invite you to taste of this food for you to see if this is for you or not. Now, if it's for their highest good, if their karma says, yes, I will plug into whatever it is that you are doing so I can be more joyous, more kind, more loving like you, then what you're giving is an opportunity. So I know that I came to my family because everyone in my family to the past, except for my son and my daughter, they're un- they, have, they were unconscious, all of them. The only one that by good karma, by good luck, at an early age became conscious, and there's a long story that I don't have to tell you as to how I arrived at that point, but from an early age, I became conscious. Then I was able to move through this, and it got to a point in which I realized and I was fully aware that it was me, the one that was the the instrument to be able to karmically liberate everyone in my family so they can move freely into their own spiritual evolution in a, at a much higher degree of consciousness in their next lives. So mm. you can even think of it as a, oh, I don't, I, I feel guilty. How can I let go of my parents? How can I let go of my brother, my sister? But if you let them go in the spirit of joy and knowing that you are doing what you are doing for your highest good, and it will come to a point one day soon, hopefully, in which you can be the one that is the teacher, the true teacher, the one that shows the light to your family, then to me, that's a beautiful, joyous moment that can only be realized when you let, a, when you let go of your parents. In other ways, no different than many of the prophets of our, of our times. You know, the Buddha left his family when he was, yeah. you know, 20-some years old to be able to achieve enlightenment. He was married. He had children. Jesus Christ left and disappeared for however many years until he came back. So all, in, all individuals that are looking for this higher consciousness, for self-enlightenment, uh, etc., you know, they, you know, we all <clears throat> take step, uh, steps to liberate ourselves. Yeah. But you pointed out very quickly and very precisely that, yes, it is certainly guilt that, you know, harbors my, my feelings in when I think about, you know, how can I just leave my family? But it's so interesting because, you know, and thank you so much for sharing your personal story as well. But, uh, and I just wonder if that's probably why I've I'm the only one of three children in the family who have moved far away (laughs) and I keep moving further and further away from my family and I have lived away from uh, them for like 20 some years now. But, and I always thought just because I am the type of person that loves to explore new experiences and cultures, et cetera, but I wonder if deep down inside, it's also part of my path of liberation. It's very, yeah, very. Yeah, it is. But you know, you you live. You you have moved away from your family for twenty years, but you have lived with guilt for twenty years. So you yeah. have physically moved, but mentally you have not gone that far. So, <laughs> so very working on it. Yeah, you are. I, I can feel that. But you know, you can only anyone, not you, anyone, me. You know, yeah. we can only go as far in our spiritual evolution as the energy that holds us back. So. The amount of guilt that is connected to your family is like a rope. How far that rope is, is as far as you can go in your spiritual evolution until you remove that guilt. And then you're free to go as far as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ernesto, this has been such an enlightening conversation. I would have... An um, already? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, wanted, I want to talk to you so much more because you have such... <laughs> such incredible wisdom and I'm learning so much from you. And I'll be actually curious this. I ask all of my guests this question because it's the foundation of why I started PS Younger Self, Ernesto. It's, you know, I made a huge shift in my life recently where I left the corporate world to be on my own and start the start conversations like this to help people live a life without fear. 
and in the present moment and always on their own terms, as you mentioned, how we inherit these antiquated belief systems, whether it's from society or family. But so P.S. Younger Self is all about reminding us to live in that present moment on our own terms. So if I know you were enlightened very and spiritual very early on. And you said you were always very conscious early in your age. But if you could go back to your younger self, Ernesto, at any age, is there anything that you want to tell him and pass on? I would tell him, choose better parents in your next life. <laughs> <laughs> which which I will because I have already done the work to be to do just that. But you know, there's not about choosing better parents really in my next life. It's about having the parents in this life that gave me all of the opportunities to experience my childhood in the way that I did. And my childhood was absolutely magical. Yes, you know, I had, uh, my mother had many issues with me because from a very early age, I displayed the behavior of wanting to be free, you know, in, in many different ways. So, you know, I did, you know, I was a rebel, you know, I was, I was a rebel in my childhood in my teen years and all that. And, and, I, and I know that that uh, hurt my mother. So uh, I asked for, for, for her forgiveness, et cetera. But, you know, my, 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 my life as a child was so magical and beautiful. When I was introduced to Mexican mysticism, uh, when we went uh, as a family to the to the coffee plantations that my family used to own, and I was able to spend time with the with the workers learning how to pick coffee and and eating on the on the floor rice and beans and tortillas instead of a, a, a an oak table with chandeliers and silverware, and being able to witness you know the the shaman and the uh, the, the men and the woman of the group. I didn't know there were shamans. I was too young, seven, eight years old. And when they started doing all their rituals and practices that they were doing for somebody else, and they were doing that to me, it's as if they removed the veil in my mind, in my consciousness, to see beyond dimensions. So to me, that was just one of the most incredibly beautiful gifts that I could have ever received. So I would not change anything at all from my childhood. I think it was just beautiful. Yeah. Well, I feel that you have brought such a gift today to not only me, but my listeners, Ernesto. Thank you so much, like I said, for this enlightening conversation. And I wish we had more time, but I know you also have a book titled The Akashic Records, correct? That is correct. Yes. Yes. So if our listeners and would like to get in touch with you, learn more about your work, get your book, um, I believe you have some teachings as well or retreats, please, please let us know. Like, where can we find you? Where can we um, learn more about your work? Thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, my book is, um, is available on Amazon. You, know, you can buy it there. The Akashic Workers by me, Ernest Ortiz. Uh, <clears throat> people can also go to my website, journeytotheheart.com. So journeytotheheart.com. Uh, and they can find everything there, my email address. They have everything. Uh, I will leave uh, on the 5th of July to go to France and, and start teaching in person. Again, I just finished teaching my s- second uh, online class at level one of the Akashic Workers. Uh, uh-huh. So I will, if people want to subscribe to my newsletter, they can do it, uh, you know, via my website. And uh, and then I put information about classes, meditations, trips. You know, I take groups all over the world doing shamanism, Akashic Records, and, you know, sacred geometry and, and many other things. So they can find all of that information on my on my website. Great. So if, if I or my listeners just wanted to get a an Akashic, is it reading, do you call it? Consultation. Um, consultation, yes. Can we also reach out to you or is these, these teachings that you're doing like in France and all over the world, is that for someone like me who would want a consultation or is it for someone who wants to learn and teach other people how to jump into the Akashic fields? Okay, there are four levels of the Akashic Records, okay? The level one 
is when you learn how to open your own Akashic Records. I just finished a four-day class, and I, I need to make it a four-and-a-half or maybe a five-day class because there's so much material to share that mm-hmm. four days is, is barely enough. But the level one is when you learn, is the initiation. You learn to open the, uh, your own Akashic Records. This is the foundation that is creating created so you can start building up high. And then the second third and fourth levels are just much deeper, deeper levels. In the second level, you learn how to open the Akashic Records for others. So uh, open the Akashic Records of nature, open the Akashic Records of buildings, sacred sites, and things like that, animals. So that's a fascinating level. Um, Then the third level and the fourth level is just like a spiritual draino. <laughs> so it's just you know those are the classes that are just gonna you know push you so deep within that all you know uh, the goal is to for you to to clean up all that you need to clean up to drop all the weight uh, karmic weight from the from the past and to learn how to fly. That's that's wow. what this is about. So, and and uh, so if someone wants to have a consultation, you know, unfortunately, yes. uh, I you know I'm traveling. I'm teaching, so I have very little free time to give consultations. But if anyone is interested in having an Akashic Record consultation, they can go to my website, and right there, there's a, a, a link that says consultants, and they can choose a consultant that has been certified by me. They have gone through the whole process of accreditation, so I know that they are karmically in the right place, in the right mind, following the right guidance to be able to give you or anyone uh, a good Akashic Record consultation. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ernesto. This has been incredible, and I can't wait for myself and my listeners to dive deeper. Your wisdom has been truly inspirational. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of P.S. Younger Self. It really means a lot to me that you're spending your time with me. So if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about anywhere you listen to your podcast. Leave me a review. Tell me what you think. It really helps me get more valuable content to you guys. So until next time, take care and remember to always live your life on your own terms.